0: Our series on holy habits, holy habits. And we're going to look at a different habit today and of what that may look like for you and I. And I want to give you the title of a message. You guys ready? All right. Yeah. Live and well. Is everybody okay? Woo! Yeah. All right. Very good. But we're talking about there they are. There they are. And it'll make sense, hopefully, uh, by the end of the message today. Uh, well, you may uh, look up here and decide, well, Daniel looks a little more uh, educated today with his glasses on. You know, uh, but that's okay. But I ended up I wear contacts. You maybe didn't know that because I wear them all the time and. Uh, but anyway, I scratched both my eyes this week by accidentally sleeping in my contacts. And so if you wear contacts, maybe you uh, understand that pain. But we're rocking glasses for a little while. So we are so glad you're here. My name is Daniel Kasane, I'm the pastor here at the Bridge Church. And uh, we are in the second week of a series called Holy Habits. And a uh, quick review, holy habits are daily acts that feed our faith and help us move closer to God. So those daily acts that almost become... I don't even have to think about it. It's just a part of who I am. It's an overflow of my everyday life. That's where we're trying to get to. We're trying to get these holy habits ingrained into who we are so that we can feed our faith every single day and move closer to God. And and those uh, become a part of our uh, daily routine, daily rhythms. And so I want to pray for us and then we're going to jump right in today. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. We are so thankful for your word and for your truth. Thank you for each and every person that is in this room. Thank you for those who are watching online. God, I pray that you will just speak to our hearts. I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. God, I pray that you uh, begin to stir something up in us, maybe that we've never felt before. God, I pray that may, there may be dreams in this room. There may be ministry opportunities that are that we're sitting on. God, but I pray that you uh, just speak to our hearts and create some clarity on where we can begin taking those steps. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Well, I want to ask you a question. Do you have something in your life where, uh, whenever you realized it, or whenever it became like a revelation, or you discovered it, you were like, "Wow, this changed everything. This changed my perspective." I don't know if you've had something like that in your life, and I've had some small things in my life that that has happened. Uh, one is, I don't know. Each Sunday, uh, I back my truck up to uh, pull the church's trailer. We have a big eight and a half by twenty-four trailer. And before that, I drove an uh, 03 F-150, and then I, I ended up getting a, a 2011 F-150, and so there's has this really cool feature, most cars have it now, but it's a backup camera, right? Like, all of a sudden, when this backup camera came on, I, I would have to pull the truck up if I was by myself, back up a little bit, and then get out of the truck, right? Walk over, look, oh, a little bit closer, right? Like, a little bit closer, and then all of a sudden, you get the backup camera, and it's like, <gasps> This was so easy, right? Like I just pull right up to the, this is amazing. Like it was a game changer, right? You may have had something for you uh, that was a small piece or a game changer in your life. And I I have some other ones too, because not only could it be something practical like that, that we discover in our lives, but maybe it's a mindset or a perspective change that now that this uh, mindset changed in my life, it started changing the trajectory trajectory is that the right word? Okay. Anyway, uh, we're, we're in this thing together, right? So we, it changed the way I was headed in my everyday life. And here's one of them. So this is kind of uh, for me uh, in the uh, uh, just trying to stay physically active for my kids. You have to spend energy to get energy, right? Like you have to spend energy to get energy. And that's the way God designed our bodies. Like we we have to exercise for our body to start to adapt and it starts to create more, uh, open up our airways for more oxygen, all these things, right? But our bodies are telling us don't spend any more energy. Because you don't have any energy, right? Uh, but health-wise, we see that if we spend energy, that just, that when I change that perspective of my life, life, uh, there'll be days where I'm like, man, I'm tired. And I'll say, well, I need to go on like a, a walk, right? I need to spend energy so that my body will um, experience more energy in that. That was something that changed my mind. Another one is a perspective change for me was uh, when I started reading, I, I had a set a goal for my life. I want to read a, a book a month. I want to read a book a month. And so I started that a few years ago, and it has radically like changed my life, changed my mindset because now I'm consuming things, right? I'm taking things in to my mind. And these were almost small shifts, almost small changes, but it changed a lot in my life. It changed the way I view things. It changed my mindset. And today I want to talk about a topic That can change our perspective. And if we understand this. And not only understand it. But we begin to take steps towards it. uh, We will experience some things in our relationship with God. Maybe we were never experiencing before. And it will change our perspective. And and God begins to peel back some of the layers in our heart. Peel back some of the layers in our mind. And we begin to see something Because we may have asked ourselves the question. There's got to be more. Like I'm in my relationship with God and I may look at somebody else's life and they're talking about their relationship with God like he's close and how God is using them and all these different aspects. And you're saying, well, what am I missing? What, what are some missing pieces that I need to have here? What do I need to change? How can I experience that too? And if you and I lean into what the holy habits that we're talking about today, I believe that we can step into it because that's how God works. That's how his promises works. He's saying, it is for you. It is for each and every child of God to step into those promises. And so if you have your Bibles, we're gonna be in, we're gonna revisit Acts chapter two. We started that last week. We're gonna revisit, look at some of that, and then we're gonna be I actually have a lot of scripture today. Is that okay? It just kept coming. I was like, okay, I also have a lot of notes today. So if you want to take pictures on your phone, if you want to take notes, I have a little bit more notes than I do usually. So uh, Acts chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 4, and then we're going to close in Matthew chapter 25. We're gonna close in Matthew chapter 25. But we're gonna start in Acts chapter 2. And if you were here last week, if you weren't, that's okay. Um, we are looking at the early church. And Acts chapter 2 is a description, a, a picture that we get to peer into the window and look at the first disciples. Jesus has died on the cross, he has gone back to heaven, and he has commissioned his disciples, the people who are following him closely. He's saying, Okay, now you're going to lead the church. You're gonna follow the Holy Spirit. And And so we see in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit has come and is indwelled into the believers. And we see a rapid growth begin to happen. Almost 3,000 people come to know Jesus in one moment, in one day, right? That's that's church growth right there. And so they are experiencing this. So now in Acts chapter 2, we get to look at how they live their daily life. Lives. This was their rhythm every single day, and so we're looking at this in Acts chapter two, verses forty-two through forty-seven. It starts like this: It says, "All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's supper, and to prayer." And we talked about that last week. We talked about uh, how our holy habits—we need to have a time, a place, right, and a plan. For to spend that time with God, to dive into his word, to experience our prayer life with him, those become holy habits. And then verse 43, it says this, A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miracles, miraculous signs, and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in the homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people and each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I just love that. I could read that almost every day, right? Just to get a picture of how they lived their lives each day. But in verse 43, it says, a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles perform miraculous signs and wonders. And for you and I, we can read that and go, well, God, you know, God's just working through them, right? Like working through and doing something so that he can get the church started. But we read in scripture that the same Holy Spirit that's living inside of us was living inside of them. God doesn't change his power. He is all powerful, right? And he can still do miraculous signs and wonders today. But the thing is, when we read the book of Acts, like in Acts chapter 3, we see that Peter gets ready to go to the temple. And on his way to the temple, he comes across a man who can't walk and who's begging for money. And whenever they get to him, right, like Peter didn't walk up to him and go, all right, today we're going to see some miraculous signs and wonders. Today we're going to see some miracles, right? Like I don't think that was their mindset. I think their mindset was, you know what? We're going to pursue God today. We're going to have an intimate relationship with him through prayer and study studying God's word, and then on their way to their their prayer life, right, on their way to their daily habit of spending time with God, God began to pull on their heart to serve this man who could not walk, right, because he said, hey, I don't have any money, and Peter goes, you know what, I actually I'm sorry, I'm in ministry. I don't have any money either, right? Like, and he's like, you know what? But what I do have is I can pray for you. I, I, what I do have is this spiritual gift, and we can ask God together that he will heal you, right? And so he prays and all of a sudden this man, we see a miraculous signs and wonders happen, not because of who Peter is, but because who is in Peter, right? Because of what God is doing. But Peter had the mindset of not going, you know, I I need to go and do as many miracles as possible, right? Because sometimes we can feel the pressure, right? Of going, why am I not seeing that in my life? Why am I, I need to chase after these miracles, these amazing signs and wonders, but I believe the early church, they were chasing service. Their aim was how can we serve the people who are around us? And when we go out into the marketplace, how do we serve them? My eyes are open on how I can serve the people around me. And with said, all these people in need. And then they take it even a step further. They created opportunities to serve, right? They were selling their own possessions so that they would have more money. To serve, right? They were selling their own possessions. They were making time of saying, how can I serve those who are around me? And so you and I, the first holy habit, uh, I think that if we're mimicking the early church and mimicking what God has called us to, we need the holy habit of looking for ways to serve people. The holy habit of every day of going, you know what? How can I serve people? And I heard a pastor one time when I first started coming to church. And he he had this illustration. And it kind of made me chuckle. And I've remembered it ever since, though. Because he said, there's, a lot, there's two different mindsets we can have when we enter into a room, right? We can enter the room, right? And oh, the door flings open. And we go, here I am. Right? We can have the mindset. Here I am. Right? Like, how's everybody doing? Daniel is here. Right? We can have that mindset. Or... We could have the mindset of the door flings open and go, there they are, there they are, there they are. Now my mindset has shifted and that has stuck with me for years. So every room that I go into, it's not, here I am. All right, guys, what you doing? Come talk to me. Come hang out with me. Come connect, right? Like, but now as the door flings open and you walk into work and it's there. They are, God, would you do a mighty work in me? Would you help me to serve them? And to really truly understand this, we got to go back to Jesus, right? What did Jesus do with his life? We see in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, it says, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And that is God, that's Jesus, right? Like he, out of everybody, he deserves to be served, right? Out of everybody. I mean, he's the king of kings. He's the promised Messiah. Like he is the one who should be served. But he didn't take on that mindset. His mindset was, I didn't come to be served. In fact, I came to serve. What a powerful picture, right? Because it convicts me to go, wait a second, I, I, me, I'm not anything like that, right? But yet I have come. And so now my mindset is how can I look for ways to serve people? But if we're honest, sometimes that can be a little tricky, right? Because uh, we all live life and there's a lot of things going on in our lives, right? There's a lot of things competing for our attention. In fact, we live in what they call the information age. We can get almost any information in a moment, in an instant, in a second. I can pull my cell phone out and I can Google something, right? And I can find all of this information. It's funny. I was just talking, we were just talking to our boys in the car and we were trying to explain to them that texting was not as easy as it used to be. Like when we got phones, my first cell phone was when I was a senior and you had to do the T9 texting, right? Like you had to hit numbers multiple times and figure it out and all these things. And we, we did. And then I was like, hey, they didn't even have internet, right? You still had to go. Well, we had computers then, but there may be some people in the room there's like you know what we didn't even have internet we had to go to this thing called the library and look at the encyclopedia right and then pull these big books off and begin to look through all of this right and how the times have changed we can pull that information but with all of that information that is coming to us how do we decipher that right and it goes back to what we talked about last week is having that intimate relationship with God of quieting the noise around us so that we can hear the voice of God. We can hear what he is doing in us and we can hear what he's doing around us. And so for me, this is a, a, a holy habit prayer uh, that I pray sometimes and I try to pray it uh, at the beginning of the day or throughout the day because I uh, my personality is I love to have tasks and I love to check those tasks off. I'm ready to tackle the next project, right? And so when I wake up in the morning, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to move forward. But for me, sometimes I have to slow down because interruptions happen, right? Things don't go our way. Uh, mistakes happen or uh, something gets in, in our way and we have to stop. And so I, I've started praying this prayer and this is a holy habit prayer. And I pray something like this. God, this day is yours and I will follow your lead. God, this day is yours and I will follow your lead. Because oftentimes we see in scripture opportunities to serve a lot of times come as interruptions, right? I mean, Jesus was headed to the next ministry journey, and he was walking into a city, and somebody would stop him and stop his disciples and go, Hey, hey, can you help me? Right? Can you? And he, I mean, he's on a mission. He's the son of God. He's headed to the next town. And people interrupt him, and people stop him and say, Hey, can you help me? And Jesus saw an opportunity and he stopped and began to help them. But oftentimes it comes as interruptions and I am guilty of, I can come with my own agenda, right? Like, but God, I can't stop right here, right? Like I got all this to do today is all this is done. So that prayer helps my mind to reset to go, you know what? God, today is yours. My agenda is yours. Sometimes, too, uh, I like to have my uh, list, actual like checkoff list, right? Sometimes before I even look at that or fill that out, I go, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to accomplish today? And it just helps my mindset begin to shift of going, okay, I need to be actively looking of how can I serve? How can I help? And it, it changes my mindset from here I am. Here's what I have to get done to there they are. God, what do you want to do in and through me today? And this is a big piece for you and I because when you and and I serve, this is a kind of a definition that I put out here. It's kind of long, but it's going to be on the screens for you as well. It says, serving is when Christians let the power of God work through them as they use their time, gifts, and resources. I'm going to read it one more time. Serving is when Christians let the power of God work through through them as they use their time, gifts, and resources, right? Like it's that opportunity, just like we see in the book of Acts, for God to do miraculous signs and wonders in and through us. But we're not chasing those. We're chasing how can I serve? How can I help? what can, How can I meet that need? God, what do you want to do in me and through me? And God begins to open up some doors as we take those steps. And here's the amazing thing is, Once you and I start, be careful praying that prayer, right? Because God will start to reveal some things to us. He'll start to make, and you'll start noticing things. You'll start going to work, and all of a sudden, a need will pop up, and you'll kind of walk away. It's happened to me. You'll kind of walk away and go, oh, man, I just prayed this morning and got like 905? Really? God, Like, right? All of a sudden, he'll start to work and, and show you some things and do some work in people. And you'll begin to see the opportunities begin to arise. And I love these different categories of time, gifts, and, and resources, because we see that God is, God is looking for our availability, right? That we have to have the margin inside of our lives of going, God, this is your day. Because sometimes all people need that is our time. Sometimes they just need a listening ear. Sometimes they just need to have somebody to sit down with them and go, you know what? The most precious commodity that I have in this life is time. And I'm going to use it on you. I'm going to spend some time with you. I'm going to be right here. If you need anything, let's talk through this, right? Like all of these different things. We even look at our families, the power of God working through us. Hey, I'm going I'm to spend that time with you, and then he t- and we see gifts, and we're going to get to that here in just a minute, and resources. But as we begin to think about spending that time with God, there could be many, many opportunities for us to to have those opportunities to serve those. It could be a listening ear, it could be making meals for someone, it could be helping them with a particular issue that they have. They could be struggling with finances, and you're like, hey, you know what? God's given me the gift, right? Like I've learned this; He's given me this ability to be able to work through those finances. How can I do that to help? help you, right? And we see many different aspects. It could be writing, those, writing cards for those who are hurting. It could be sending someone a gift when they're feeling lonely. It could be using the gifts that God has given you each and every day to help them. And I can remember, uh, Jacob kind of shared his story a little bit. And I remember uh, when God first started working in my life. And um, I, rem- I was 18 years old and I was sitting in my mom's black Honda. What was it? It was a stick shift. Hyundai, sorry, Hyundai, okay? There's difference. But um, uh, a black Hyundai was a stick shift. And I remember sitting in the passenger seat of the car and asking God, God, what do you want me to do with my life? And right there, I felt the Holy Spirit say, Pastor. Like, it was this thing on the billboard, right? And I'd love to tell you right there in that moment, I surrendered my life, and I went on to the track. No, I went on to college, and I wanted to be a teacher and a football coach, right? Like, I went and and it took me three years to surrender to that call. But I can remember first when God started to do a work in me, and I went to church and kind of heard a message similar to this. And I was like, well, let me me see if I can start helping. Maybe I can start serving. And uh, I, I heard... I just heard a need. And they said, hey, we need help in our preschool ministry. I was like, well, I'm going to go to school to be a teacher. Let me hop into preschool ministry, right? Like, how, how crazy could this be, right? Like, all you guys know in preschool ministry. But anyway, but in fact, I remember going, I had the best time. I spent six months in the preschool ministry. It was amazing, right? Like, and I still remember to this day in preschool ministry, right, at this church. These kids were walking in, you know, snotty nose, like, right, like scared to, scared to separate from their mom. And then six months later, I had to see them be bopping in the door giving me a high five excited to be there and then them walking out the door going jesus loves me right Like, like they just know that but for me to look at that kid at that age and go he knows jesus loves him because i told him that like how crazy is that at that kid at that age i remember that i still remember that feeling going god you were right You were like, what you say is true. This is amazing. I am experiencing you working through me to help somebody else. And then I I thought, well, I I started to surrender to that call. I was like, well, God's called me to be a pastor. So let me uh, go. I want to help high school kids. I believe God's doing that. I remember leading a group. And also um, I, I began to, God placed on my heart of why don't you reach out to the local detention center? And I just remember having that inkling, that feeling, right? The Holy Spirit giving me a nudge because I began to pray that prayer going, God, where do you want me to help? Where is there a need? And I remember calling the youth detention center and going, hey, uh... Do you guys have any Bible studies? Do you have anything? And, and, and uh, I remember I kept leaving messages. And I would call them like every day. Like, hey, this is Daniel Kazanier, my cell phone number. And, uh, you know, just keep going on every day. And I remember the lady calling back. And she goes, you know what? I like your tenacity. You just keep calling me back. Let me give you the information. Here's the Bible study. And I remember starting walking into those, I mean, it was prison, those prison cells and that, those pods. And it was the first time. And can I be honest with you? I remember being so terrified. I was like, I don't know so much about Scripture. What if one of these kids hits me? You know, like all these different things. Like, what is happening here? But after the first day, sitting in that circle... And they would make it optional. Kids could come if they wanted to. So the kids that wanted to be there were, were there. And the kids walking through that. And they were looking at me. And I was telling them tru- this truth. And I could see them start to wrestle with that in their minds. And then they started to wrestle with it um, with their home environment. And then they started to wrestle with it with the decisions that they did make. And I was like, hey, can I show you some pieces of scripture that may help you? Because I only knew like two. So I was like, let me show you one of these two and how they can help you, right? And I remember things clicking in those kids' minds. And I remember walking away going, oh, my goodness, God, this is amazing. And I didn't really do anything. I just showed up with two pieces of scripture that I knew. I was terrified. I wasn't even sure like, how this was going to happen. But I remember t- just taking that step and watching God show up. And it was, um, it was incredible to see. And, I, and that was in that youth detention center. God did a lot of work in me because that was the first person I led to Christ. And when that happened, whew, all bets were off. I mean, I, I said, God, this I want to give my life to this. I'll give my life for this. This is amazing to see this 16-year-old kid named Timothy. I still remember his name. Give his life to Jesus. And to have him write letters after that of, of what God is doing inside of his life. I was like, God, only you can do this. Only you, one, can save Timothy and change his heart and give him a new direction. Because it is your truth and your word and your wisdom, right? And only you can take this crazy young kid who doesn't hardly know anything, right? And you can change his life and use him for your glory. I was like, how amazing is this? And I begin to see God do an incredible work. And I believe 100% that scripture teaches that he wants to do that with every child of God. And so as we look at this, we have our time, right? The first one is, um, the first one as we look at time is the holy habit of looking for where God is moving. The holy habit, right? Like every day has purpose because I'm looking, God, this is your day. And I love this in John chapter 6, verse 44, it says, no one comes to the father unless he draws them in. And so I'm I'm headed into work. I'm headed into my family. Right. I'm looking to where the Holy Spirit all of a sudden, if somebody's asking me a spiritual question, God is at work. We need to say, hold the phone. Let me have this conversation. Let me pray with you. Let me all of these things. Right. Or if somebody I I, I call them trigger words, if somebody walks up and they're like, you know what, I'm just I just moved here and I'm feeling incredibly alone. For me, I'm like, there it is. Okay, hey, can I tell you how I have found community? It's with my church, the Bridge Church. Because it's true, right? Like, I have found some of the greatest people who are there for me, who serve me, and they're walking with me through this. Or maybe they share something that they're going through that I have been through before. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, there it is, right? Like God's working. Here's how I got through it, right? And I'm able to connect with them. But it takes you and I stopping, taking that time and being aware. It's a holy habit. All of a sudden, now it's now it becomes second nature. If I hear that, God is at work. I'm trying to do something here. I'm trying to connect with them. I'm trying to walk with them. I've heard of people in this room. I mean, Brad's told me story after story of connecting with students and all of these different things, right, that we see and Alan at work and uh, these opportunities that begin to happen happen when God begins to open up those doorways and it becomes a credible feat for you and I to step into. And then I'm going to try not to spend a ton of time on this because I already spent way too much time. I just looked at the clock. But um, when it, and this I believe could be a whole series on itself because God gives each and every believer gifts. And they're not all the same gifts. We see in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That each and every one of us has given us a gift for ministry. We have different gifts, gift sets, right? And then Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 11 through 12, he names some of the gifts and then he gives us the purpose for those gifts. It says, now these gifts are, now these are the gifts Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ, there is so much here in the Scripture, right? That God's given us gifts to uh, equip the saints, and some translations say, equip the saints for the work. Of service, right? And we see that when we serve and use our gifts, and you and I have the opportunity because God gives, we can use it in different uh, aspects, right? Different mindsets. One is we have a spiritual gift, right? Like you may have the gift of teaching or evangelism, right? Or you may have the gift of uh, understanding certain things, right? And it's like, I don't know. It's like I could read into the situation. You may have the gift of discernment, right? You may have the gift of administration or leadership or whatever it may be, right? And it's a supernatural gift because anytime you're in that lane and you're using that gift, you can go, you know what, where do I see God moving? Like when I step into that lane, it's like it just flows. And when I step into that lane, it's uh, other people will tell me, wow, how did you do that? that? That was amazing. Like I can't believe that, right? Like when you step into that lane and every person's lane and gifting is different. Because we're the body of Christ, right? And every body part is important. Important. I look at my body. I like every, like right? Like I like my pinky, This my pinky toe, right? Like that's the smallest piece, seems insignificant. You try to take my pinky toe off, we're going to have a problem, right? Like I love my pinky toe. Like it's a part of me and every inch of the body of Christ is important. Everybody has a role. Everybody has a place. And that's what unites us together in the body of Christ that we can lean into. It. And the gifts that God gives us We it could be spiritual gifts. But also um, spiritual gifts meaning the ones we use for ministry like that was described here. We can see in 1 Corinthians there's a, another long list of spiritual gifts that we can see that God gives the church as well. And, uh, but also we see that we have the hope of glory in us. We have spiritual blessings that God gives us that we can give to other people, right? Like the gift of encouragement. If somebody is feeling down, you and I have an opportunity to share hope, share light with somebody who is in a dark place. Or we have the opportunity to pray for someone, right? That is a gift to them. It's we're inviting God into their situation. We have an opportunity to be light in a dark place for each and every person. But it's a holy habit. And if you're taking notes here, if you look at the gift section, it says the holy Holy habit of practicing and using our gifts to serve others. I wanted to include that in there practicing and using our gifts to serve others, because uh, sometimes we don't think about our spiritual gifts and practicing and using those gifts and fanning that flame that God has given us. Right. That we can lean into it. And for you and I, when we do that, right, like Jacob, he has a gift. He can play guitar and he can sing. Right. But I don't have that gift. But for him to lean into it, he can begin to practice it. He can begin to use it for God's glory, right? Christy's up here singing and Emma plays piano like I just can't believe it, right? Like all these things, right? And, but they're using that gift for God's glory. And they're practicing it, going home and going, God, I just want to give you all the glory. And I want to do the best I can at it so that I can do that. For me, if I'm preaching God's word, I want to practice transitions. I want to practice the way it comes out, body language, all these things because it's for God's glory. And you may be thinking, well, I'm just going into the preschool ministry. Or I'm just going into Bridge Kids. Or I'm just in the tech booth. Or I'm just a greeter. But you got guys like Dave who are greeting who, who like know people's names. I'm like, Dave, how do you do even do that, right? Because he's memorized. He's like, you know what? This is for God's glory. I want to give it everything that I have. And it makes a difference, right? It makes a difference when people step in to their gifting. And the rest of the world can step back and go, wow, how is that? And you're going, I'm just stepping into what God has called me to. But leaning into our relationship with him and what he has for us. And. I'm just going to say this. I don't have it on the screens because this is the trap that we can walk into. And you can hear a message like this. And um, once you get into it, we can feel like serving is just to keep the Sunday morning going. But it's so much bigger than that. It's so much bigger. It's just a consistent place where we can serve. But we are to equip the saints and to advance God's kingdom. That's what we're doing every time we serve. We're helping equip the saints and to advance God's kingdom. And the trick is the hinge part of all of this. Everybody doing okay? We're going to close here in Matthew chapter 25. But the hinge pin in all of this we see in Matthew chapter 25. I mean, this is, I mean, because we can talk about gifts, we can talk about talents, we can talk about times, we can talk about all of this, but there is a hinge pin that Jesus teaches us through a parable in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to read verses uh, 21 and then jump down to verses 26 through 29, and to help us understand this, Jesus begins to tell a story, and he says there's a a master, there's a, a man who is over three different servants. And in fact, he says, you know what? God comes and he gives one servant and he gives him five bags of silver. He gives one servant five bags of silver. And then he takes another servant. And he goes, you know what? He's got five. I'm going to give you two bags of silver. And then he goes to the third servant. And he goes, I'm going to give you one bag of silver, right? I mean, God is the one that established the gifts and how much, right? Like in that moment, they could have been like, "Wop!" Like my kids, how did he get five? I only got two, right? But God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one. I could go back and go, God, why do they have five? Why do I only have two? But let me tell you what God is looking for. He's not looking for the amount he takes these two the different gifts and we see that the, the servant that had the five bags, he went back and invested the silver and actually began to to increase it more and more because he took what God gave him and he began to use it, he began to invest it, right? And then we see the person with two bags of silver. They began to use it, began to invest it, and he saw a return on it. And this is what I want to get here, Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. Oh, I thought I heard like a, did y'all hear that? Yeah, Okay. Just because i not going crazy. Verse 21. This is what Jesus says to those two servants. He says this. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. That was the response that Jesus said. When, the, when God looks down at his servants, the ones who take it and use it and practice it and invest it into the kingdom, he's saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. The hinge pin is that they took it and used what God gave them, Right? He didn't look at the amount. He didn't look at like how well they all these different things he'd know, but they invested it. They didn't use it. And then he looks to the one because the one bag of silver servant said, master, I know that you are a hard man. And if I didn't produce anything from what you have given me. So what I did, I took what you gave me and I buried it and I just sat on it. I didn't do anything with it. I just sat on it. Right. And this is the response. This is Jesus. He's pretty bold and straightforward. It says 26 verse 26, but the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew, if you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gathered crops. I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from his servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. What a powerful piece of scripture, right? God is using this parable, right? This earthly story with a heavenly meaning to help you and I to understand. God has given us things in our lives to invest it into His kingdom, to equip the saints and to advance God's kingdom. And he's saying the hinge pin of it, right? The hinge pin of it is is to receive that gift. And then to use it, right? To receive that gift. I don't have to muster it up. I don't have to uh, pretend like I have something. No, I receive the gift from God. What he has given me, my time, my gifts, my resources. And I'm saying, God, I want to advance your kingdom. I want to equip the saints. Help me. Show me which way to go, right? And God is saying, when you do that, I begin to look at my children. I say, well done. You get it. Your perspective has changed. You're thinking there they are. And God begins to do something in us, not only because this is the important part. This is me walking in obedience to God. But when we experience God, God's power working through us, it, it does something to our soul. You know, when you're walking with God in obedience and you you feel like you're close with God, it just brings this peace. It brings this, God, I have so much purpose because you could be walking in the will of God and in purpose and going through a very difficult time in your life. But, you know, God is still using you, right? You know, God is still helping and guiding and directing in those moments that God is still using what you have to help those who are around you. I mean, I've heard stories of people who are in the hospital, in their hospital bed, right? And every nurse that comes into their room, they're like, hey, how you doing, right? God is good. And they're like, what? you're laying down in the hospital. What are you talking about? God is good. And they're able to share with them that my hope doesn't come from my circumstance. My hope comes from God. Hey, can I pray for you? You know, if you need anything, tell me, tell me about your kids. All of a sudden, right there, they are. And it's an opportunity for God to use us for his glory. And I, and, I, and I come to you to, for you and I to lean in of saying you know what when we, ha- when we shared this moment with God it's like that perspective change that perspective shift that I talked about it's like our relationship changes This is like he opens up it's Aladdin it's a whole new world right like it's just, it opens up this whole opportunity, right? Like, we're just like, I can't believe this. This is incredible. God I I can't believe I didn't understand this. I was walking in this and this is the truth I want to end with. You ready? God's revelation to you and I is his invitation. When God reveals truth to you and I, that's his invitation to go. Okay. Now, I want you to trust me. Have faith in me, right? And take a step of faith and walk Into it. All right. And the last uh, holy habit is. For you and I. And then I'm going to close. I promise. The holy habit of having a consistent place. To serve. A consistent place to serve. And it doesn't have to be at church. It doesn't have to be at the bridge church. It could be a part of the community. It could be uh, uh, something that you do inside of your home. If we're going, you know what? I'm going to find a way to serve the people around me, but I'm going to have a consistent place where I can do it. Because in that consistent place where I serve, I begin to fan the flame, the gift that God has given me, right? Because now maybe I just feel like I'm just setting up chairs. But in that chair, you're having a conversation with someone, right? It could be, I'm just setting this stage up, but you're having a conversation with someone. It could be uh, bridge kids, right? But while you're serving in bridge kids and you're helping with them, you may discover that God's given you the gift of teaching, right? Like you just showed up to help organize kids, and all of a sudden you do a lesson because somebody couldn't make it, and and then people look around and go, wow, God really worked through you. Can you believe that? All of a sudden, because we were in a consistent place of serving, or you may be jumping out greeting. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, I just keep having gospel conversations with people that walk up. I keep having these and it's like, maybe you have the gift of evangelism, but you discovered it. We discover it because we were in a consistent place of serving. When I was in the preschool ministry, because I was showing up, God began to reveal some things in me and through me. Because I was there, I was plugging in and God began to shape and to mold me. Why? Because I was using what he was giving me. And I trusted him at his word, not every time, sometimes not even convincingly, right? Like sometimes even scared out of my mind, right? Like, God, what are you doing here? This is crazy, right? Even sometimes against what other people said, but I'm like, I don't know. This is what God's word said. So I'm just going to keep moving forward, right? And trusting God in what He is calling us to. So my prayer for us as the church as we close here today and the worship team is gonna come up and sing a beautiful song to close us out here today. But my prayer is that same prayer, God, this is your day. What do you want to do in me? Or maybe begin to pray, God, where Do you want me to serve consistently? Where do you want me to step in? And it could be be here at the Bridge Church. You could find an avenue in which you want to do that. Or maybe it's at work. Or maybe it's at home. It's, It's a place you begin to look. But God, open up my eyes for where you want me to serve, to see this. So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. Thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunities that we have. God, I pray that you would uh, open up our hearts to uh, that next step of faith that you've called us to. Uh, Maybe there's something in us that you are stirring, God. Maybe there's uh, ministries in this room or listening online that you're birthing. There's dreams that we have of helping people in our community. And maybe uh, you were just thinking it's kind of these wild dreams or wild thoughts you'll never get to do. But maybe today, God, that that person's realizing it's something you're trying to do in their heart. God, I pray that you just stir our hearts and souls to equip the saints to advance your kingdom, God. God, I pray that we would take you at your word and say, you know what? I'm going to use whatever God has given me. God, I'm going to use it for your glory. Give me direction. Give me wisdom. Help me to walk in your ways, God. Help me to have the same eyes, the same heart as you, Jesus. Help us to be a church, God. I pray that when people uh, visit our church or people look at the Bridge Church that they would say, wow, they're always serving. They're always looking and trying to help and meet a need. God, I pray that you continue like you have for years to make a way. God, and I we're praying and we want to make this commitment to you, whatever you've given us, God. We want it to be like a river, not a lake, that it flows through us for your glory. And we ask all this, In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.